0: of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors JCPenney make everybody count this is Amy Brown from four things with Amy Brown today healthier is happening at CVS Health in
1: more ways than you've ever seen in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna, and those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.
0: They're going to throw on third down and seven. Instead, Heinecke wisely, and now a flag. Wow. And that's going to, in essence, end the game. A flag on that hit as Heinecke had taken a knee. Should be the last play. Hurts underneath, and now the laterals. And instead, it's going to be picked up for a touchdown on that lateral by Casey Tuhill. And the commanders have won this game. And Taylor Heineke can celebrate a big road win here in Week 10.
2: Oh, yeah, he could celebrate. Taylor Heineke can celebrate and annoy the entire city of Philadelphia when he's celebrating. Had to include that final touchdown by Casey Tuhill. Sometimes football is just ridiculous, and sometimes it ends with Casey Tuhill doing the gritty after picking up a ground ball to end the Eagles' undefeated season. 32 to 21, the commanders got it done. I'm Greg Rosenthal. I'm excited to be joined on this Monday Night Football recap by Charles McDonald. He's an NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. I feel like I've been following him and seeing him writing about football on the Internet for a while now. I know I saw him at New York Daily News. I think he was covering the Giants back then. He, he was with uh, my friend Josh Norris at Underdog Fantasy for a minute. Now he's killing it at Yahoo. Charles, I was worried we'd have a dud <laughs> to talk about tonight. And we got, a, we got a fun one. We got a weird one.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was a little worried because I was talking to uh, my buddy and gambling extraordinaire Ben Solak before the game. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo, I was like, what's the spread on this game? I know you know what the spread on this game is. So uh, it was like it's eleven. I thought it was interesting that the uh, that Washington ended up winning by eleven Ooh. on that on that play at the end of the game. But uh, this this was definitely an interesting game. I I was not expecting Washington's offense to play as well as they did, but you know, the Eagles defense to have a fatal flaw and that's run defense. And, you know, you might as well just spam it. uh, If you're able to pick up, you know, yards when you need to, first downs when you need to, and that, that made things a little bit easier for Taylor Heineke who, uh, Should be ashamed of himself for having him last play. Oh, okay.
2: You know, the more I've thought about it, and I've talked to some people even around the building here at NFL Network, and uh, everyone agrees with you, and you're right. That was an annoying celebration. Let's start there, actually, because we can get into how the Commanders won this game. We can get into Jalen Hurts' good, Jalen Hurts' bad, uh, how crazy the time of possession in the first half was. But ultimately, the Eagles' defense finally showed up in the fourth quarter. They get an interception. Uh, they force a long field goal on a short field after another turnover. They get a three and out. And it looked like they were about to get the ball back uh what, it would have been with uh, under two minutes to go and at, at least a chance with no timeouts, no guarantee, but down five points for Jalen Hurts. Kind of a a little Jalen Hurts heat check moment as we're talking about him as Pro Bowl right. MVP, all this. And I was, as a football fan, I think we were all excited for that. It's a third and long. You expect Washington to just run the ball there. I, I was surprised by the chutzpah. Uh, of Scott Turner, actually, to throw or to call a pass, but he must have told Heineke, look, if it's not there, just get down and take the sack. Heineke doesn't see anyone open, starts scrambling around uh, like he does about 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, and decide to just give up on the play, takes a knee, and at that point, Brandon Graham, who's coming after him, trying to finish the game, pushes him over. He had given himself up on the play. It wasn't a vicious push by any means, but he had taken a couple steps after Heineke hits the knee. It's the right call. It's a silly rule. It's an annoying way for the game to end, and it's especially annoying because Heineke immediately starts, yeah, pops up, starts, <laughs> uh, you know, gesturing for first down and celebrating. He was doing that all night, uh, kind of like a coach's kid. And at that point, I felt like he was uh, enemy number one in Philadelphia. What, what was your thoughts as a former player yourself?
1: Yeah, I am I I play defensive line like basically my whole life. So the the Brandon Graham play, you got to know to pull up there because the name of the game now is protecting the quarterbacks. And really, I'm pretty sure it's been a rule for a long time that if any player gives themselves up, then the play is dead right there. But especially when it comes to the quarterback, like they let the first guy touch him. But then for Brandon Graham to come in and then hit him right, right there. Like, I don't think it was malicious, but at the same time, it's something that you have to call. But then to celebrate like a win on a penalty like that and to get up (laughs) the big first down, uh, also, come on.
2: I kind of like it, though, as someone um, that's annoying and, uh, you know, when when I play, you know, you, you got to celebrate the moments. You're not worried about your opponent. Uh, I, it was annoying, and yet I can understand. I don't think he was like trying to shove it in Philly's face, or that he planned it out. We got people in our control room who's who are saying, "Oh, that was his plan the whole time. It was like a flop. He this was the plan from the time he uh, hiked the ball." I was like, "No, Taylor Heineke oh, is no. not Jedi mind tricking them." And he when he's taking that knee, he's not even trying to draw a penalty. I don't think he just knew the second that he was pushed that the game was over and uh that that is one image i will remember from this season taylor heineke celebrating like that
1: yeah i uh (laughs) it it was just a weird end to a weird game and then even even after that to get the touchdown on the final play of the game which uh you know makes the final score look a little bit bigger than uh than it actually was it it was uh i i didn't peg this to be the eagles first loss
2: no no i didn't and um Yeah, I apologize. I don't even really ask questions on this show. I just rant about things that I find amusing and then just wait for you to rant. Charles, by the way, you should check him out on Twitter. He does a really good job. He's one of my favorite follows and a great writer and insanely young. I'm not even going to ask you how young you are, (laughs) but I just know you're way younger than me. So you've come up uh, in the game quickly. Uh, like Jalen Hurts. Let's talk Jalen Hurts. And we can talk about how they limited possessions. Washington, uh, we'll get into their offense in a minute and we'll give them their flowers. They're at five and five. And I, I thought their three game win streak that they had before last week's loss. So the Chargers was about as lucky a win streak as you can get. But they just won yeah. at, in Philadelphia and they're five and five in the NFC. So we'll get to giving them their flowers. But the Eagles, to me, are the bigger story here. Jalen Hurts in this game and the Eagles offense, they get two quick touchdowns, one on a short field uh, after a, a sack fumble of Heineke, and then another quick touchdown. And you think they're kind of off and rolling here, up, up 14-7 at that point. Then they barely have the ball for about two quarters. In the second and third quarters, they ran a total of 10 plays. I mean, that is outrageous. At one point, the time of possession was like 31-6, Thirty-one to seven. It ended up forty to nineteen. They had three quick drives uh, that included an interception on a pretty nice pass by Jalen Hurts that that AJ Brown couldn't take in. And then you get to the fourth quarter where the team does have a nice long touchdown drive, uh, but ultimately gets the ball back a few times with a chance to go take the lead. They aren't able to do that for, for a few different reasons, a few fumbles. But I want to start with right. the drive that started at 326 left. After all the drama, back-to-back fumbles that they lose, they're still only down five points there. They get the ball with 326 left. In theory, that kind of was the Jalen Hurts Go have a MVP type of drive moment, and they go three and out. Like, tell me what you saw in that drive, and then just in general, what what this night uh, made you think about Hurts.
1: Um, I don't know uh, if I have too many thoughts about Jalen Hurts from that drive, but I think like for, for the entire night, um, I, I I know the, the Eagles' offense is kind of interesting because I thought that he missed you know a handful of throws that he probably should have had. Um, Especially earlier in the game, we talking stuff like quick outs or being inaccurate in, in you know shorter areas of the field where he's got to have it. But then you 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 kind of see how this offense plays and they able to get guys open. It's a lot of screen passes, and he ends up think, uh, like seventeen for twenty six for the game. But overall, I, I don't I don't really think it was uh, his best performance as a passer. I'm not really sure though. To me, at least, like I don't, I don't think that Washington really forced him into, into doing anything crazy. I think he was just kind of off uh, on his own accord uh, just with, you know, some of the accuracy on some of the shorter and intermediate passes, but uh, even then, you know, he's still able to hit that long ball to Quez Watkins, which was a great throw and then uh, he immediately punished with the fumble on the back end of that. So, you know, I, I think with Jalen Hurts, I would have liked to see him, um, definitely, you know, play a little bit better with that chance to come back. But to me, the the more concerning areas were more at the start of the game okay. when uh, he was a little bit more inaccurate.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the Hurts experience. And I I get into these arguments sometimes. Nate Tice points out some of the shortcomings in Hurts' games. He's a young yeah. quarterback. Does he read the whole field quickly at this point? No, like a lot of third year quarterbacks, that's not his strength. Is he is he reading the middle of the field? fast. Is is he always that accurate in the short game? Like he, he can be streaky. I I think he had a few plays tonight and I would include that last drive third down as one of them where he left the pocket before it really needed to be left. And I I think he thought maybe he had a running lane there and he didn't, Uh, but it was something where they got quick pressure on him. One of the two plays before that. And it looked like something like a busted play call. I'm not even sure what, what happened on the second down. And then he kind of panicked in the pocket on the third down and that was, to me, like a young quarterback play and it was a reminder he hasn't been in this spot that many different times. This is the first time they've trailed in the second half yeah, this season. And <laughs> That that was just a moment where you wanted calm out of your quarterback. And, and it was just one play that third down, but there was a, one or two other plays similar to that. I think Troy Aikman pointed them out where he, where he left the pocket panicked a little bit quickly, and that's the growing process for, for Jalen Hurts, and he didn't end up getting the ball back.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is his 28th start, right. so uh, we're not even at two full seasons of him uh, being an NFL starter yet, so I, I, I think <laughs> I, I I tend to think that the young quarterbacks in the league, especially, you know, over the past, let's call it six years, have been, have been pretty good, and it's kind of adjusted or, or maybe warped our expectations on what mm-hmm what a growth line looks like. And I, I feel like Jalen Hurts is still on a really good pattern for for himself. Uh tonight didn't work out well. Uh maybe you still want to see some more of him from him as a passer. But in terms of like where he's grown, uh, I, I I think you know his skill as a quarterback has undeniably improved since he got here. But you know, you're still seeing some of the young quarterback mistakes. Like that third down sack. Uh, I thought he built the pocket a little bit early. <laughs> I don't know what rushing lane he thought he saw because there was nothing there. I mean, he it, it seemed like he ran right into the arms uh, of whoever was rushing at three tech. He freaked play. out
2: a little bit. That was kind of yeah. his his version of a Kirk Cousins play, just uh, a different version of that. And for the most part, it wasn't like an offensive line is collapsing type of game. They just didn't have the ball. They still averaged five point yeah. six yards per play, which for the Eagles is not that much, but they only had forty. 47-yard uh, plays, rather, uh, over the course of the game. No, I. he's one of the most improved players in the league. We're actually going to do a quick list at the end of this uh, of just some of the most improved players, and he's one of them. He was one of the most improved players last year, and he's one of the most improved players this year, he's absolutely like an NFC pro bowler right now. This won't hurt his mythical MVP talk. But even that, there's nine games left of the seven or eight games left of the season for them. I'm not too worried about that. I think Washington did a nice job taking it away. And for the most part, in the fourth quarter, he played well, went right down the field, made a nice throw to Goddard in that drive, had that beautiful deep throw to Watkins. And then Watkins, yeah, you know, fulfilled something I've always noticed, which is, if a guy makes a diving catch or hits the ground as a receiver and gets up, it, it's a it's a fumble 100 percent of the time. <laughs> like It's never not no, a it, It's always bad luck because
1: you're it, it, it's to me, it's almost like a like, you know, when you when you see a guy who, you know, has really good hands, and they kind of take their eye off the ball and start running upfield the and they just kind of drop it. Mm-hmm. It's like you're so preoccupied on what's next, you forget about the part where you need to hold on to the ball. So I, I was kind of with you. Like, when he got up and started running, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. no! Like, this is either going to be a touchdown or a turnover. Uh, and, you know, he, he got so excited. He got uh, – he was on his way to the end zone, got hawked, and the ball just uh. popped right out. And, I, I mean, and that that's one of those plays, like – you, you got to have that, especially when you're when you're in that specific moment of the game, because, uh, you know, who knows, like maybe Hurts does finish that drive and they punched it for another score. Uh, maybe that would change, you know, how how we feel about this performance. But uh, man, just really unlucky. He's trying to do a little bit too much. I mean, I, I remember uh, last week, you know, I'm I'm a Falcons fan for people who don't know when the Falcons played the, the Chargers. And you have the play where Austin Eckler fumbled the ball, and then Falcons defensive tackles Taekwondo Graham, who never touches the ball, picks up the ball and starts running with it. And while he's running, I'm like, "Bro, fall
2: down, <laughs> just fall down. You're yep. doing too
1: much." Yeah. And he let go of the ball, and the Chargers got it back. So sometimes you just gotta know when to quit on a play. Yeah,
2: right. like I struggle with this sometimes, but I try never to forget. As as I get older, you'll see you know i'm i'm an old i'm an old man doing this job and after a while you realize so much of what we talk about over the course of the week good or bad is just based on completely random ass like luck plays that that's going to change everything you say and try not to get too carried away is what i'm saying about those two or three totally random plays that change a game change a season and and they add up and it doesn't mean too much to me differently about how I feel about the Eagles long-term. Their turnover luck over the course of the season, though, probably was going to correct at some point. They led the league in turnover margin. Your your friend again, Ben Solak, getting a lot of pop on this show, <laughs> had a nice little graph that pointed it out. They were plus 15 going into this game. No one else was greater than plus 6, which is just outrageous. They had more turnovers if you count that last play, and, and you do uh, in the official scorebook. They had more turnovers in this game, four, than they had in the entire season coming into this game, uh, which was only three. And and that was huge for Washington, who's been terrible at forcing turnovers. And one of them, and I'll just mention this now before we get to giving the commanders some flowers, uh, because I know Eagles fans will whine about it. Uh, One of them came on a face mask penalty uh, for Dallas Goddard. So this game will not you know, come without controversy. The undefeated Eagles season ends with a couple shaky uh, calls. One wasn't a bad call, but it was just a stupid rule and a stupid way to end the game. And then this was a bad call. The face mask on Dallas Goddard uh, is part of a a fumble that ends up leading to a second Joey Sly 55-plus yard bomb. I mean, the Eagles were quite unlucky. Everything that could go wrong in this game went wrong.
1: Yeah, and I I I hate to be someone that wants to give these referees more power over the game and take more time from us, like actually watching football. But do it. Uh, I feel I, I feel like with with some of these bigger penalties, uh, you got to be able to look back at it. Like if we can look back and see, oh, Davis's knee was down when he got touched with the ball. I don't understand why you can't rewind it two more seconds and see that there was a face mask. Uh, on the way down. It's all about just getting oh, they the saw it. Running. They're watching oh, that right,
2: and they're right, just right, cringing right. at everything like, that's oh, going to oh. happen.
1: Like, oh, my God, we, we we messed up. We messed up. But I, I don't understand why that's in the in the in the rule book. But you can't pull that back either. And I, and I think like that should be extended to uh, even, you know, when we're talking about these field flipping past interference penalties, too. Like we should be able to take a look at that mm. just if well, we're, we- we're going to. If we're going to care about ever getting everything right, I mean, I think it would be a terrible TV product, but at the same well, we've time, got, we've got, we've gone down
2: that time. road, you know, we've gone down that road because of uh pass interference and, and Rams and saints a few years ago. I don't think they'll go back to pass interference, but I'm with you. The sky judge is becoming a bigger part of the game and the NFL. Doesn't get much credit for it. Cause when things go well, no one talks about it, but actually this, season, the games are shorter than they've been since 1987. Now, that's mostly, I believe, because of the style of play that's happening. You're getting teams like the Commanders and the Eagles also that are just grinding out these long drives and the way defenses are playing, and, and that just makes the game go quicker, and that's great. Uh, but part of it, too, is that the Sky Judge has come in quick. We don't have these long replays anymore with the guys under the booth. The way that they've had New York make quick replays, and then sometimes even when a play isn't challenged, correct uh, mistakes that are allowed to be corrected quickly has improved. It's just subtle, and I'm with you, Charles. I think it can be just keep expanding it. They expand it like a little more every season. The Sky Judge is a little more involved this season than than they were or the the New York office. And yeah, like if you're already reviewing it, make it like a scoring play where you can review every element of the scoring play even if it's not the part that's being challenged. You can review different elements of it. Allow the element to also be, you know, some amount of Penalties. Now, I don't know if they're going to get into pass interference, but face mask feels like one you can definitely throw in there. That's easy. Everyone watching at home, that would have been a five-second thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, on a play that that's big, I, I just feel like that's one of those moments where you have to give it right. Uh, and, and like you said, like we all saw the face mask. I like I I don't even know how they how they missed it in real time. Like sometimes I feel like. I just don't know what these guys are looking at. Right. I don't either,
2: because I thought there was no one there. But then when they showed one replay, there was one guy at on the side judge looking right at it.
1: I yeah. Don't know. And it's the same thing when, you know, you have plays on the sideline where you're trying to figure out is a catch or is a touchdown. And there's been, been a lot of clear situations where we get the call wrong the first time. I'm
2: like, come on. Well, I, I'm the, I always bring this up that when I've watched the game on a sideline, I'm always amazed that any call ever gets right. And it it does give me appreciate. It gives you an appreciation for football players, of course, but it also gives you appreciation that officiating is impossible, that at a certain point, it, it almost feels like there's no way humans could officiate. These athletes who are so fast and strong doing all these different things with all these different rules that it's almost impossible. And the fact that they're not even worse is almost a, a minor miracle. There are ways they can improve it. I'm not say I'm not being a company man, but just watching it, you're like, I, I wouldn't know anything that goes on. But a play like that seems that's so clear in real life and, and on video. You got to be able to fix that at least.
1: Yeah, I and to be clear, like, I one hundred percent agree with you on your take on how difficult to on how difficult refereeing is, but I'm still gonna complain about it. Oh
2: yeah, I know it's part of it. <laughs> let's let's give Washington some credit here because for three quarters of this game, it felt like they were playing the game of their lives, and I think the fourth quarter is gonna give a different feel to people because at that point, it's almost like the Commanders remembered who they were. And the Eagles remembered who they were. And if that clock kept ticking, if we, if they played five more minutes or if they didn't have three or four kind of crazy things go against them, they were going to come back and win that game. But for three quarters, they really did everything they wanted to do. They finished with 49 rushing attempts. Most of them were in those first three quarters because that's when they had a 13-play drive, a 12-play drive, a 16-play drive, and a 14-play drive. At one point, they had five straight scoring drives before that taylor heineke interception which which did turn the game around in the fourth quarter um do you feel like giving scott turner any flowers or taylor heineke any flowers or do you just want to give it all to terry mclaurin i guess would be the guy
1: um terry mclaurin i don't i I don't okay i don't really think that this is like some genius game plan or anything like the Eagles. They have a a clear weakness. Jordan Davis is not in. Uh, And even when Jordan Davis hasn't been in the game, it's not like they've been even like a league average run defense. So this is the time to to kind of span it. I I, I was surprised when uh, at the end of the game, uh, I think it was Troy Aikman. He said, you know the Washington they they ran for 3.1 yards per carry tonight. I was like, that can't be right. Like that, that can't be right. Like I just I watched every play tonight. How is that correct? But uh like you said, they kind of got back on uh, they playing defense well in the fourth quarter. But I I I think you know, Terry, uh Terry uh, Terry McLaurin, he's been incredible. Like I, I think he's really stepped this game up to another level this year. Mm-hmm. He, he's kind of he's kind of entering that like unguardable. Sphere uh, of players because it's not like he was going up, up against a cupcake opponent tonight. Uh Darius Slay and James Bradbury—they've probably been the best cornerback to go in the league this year—and Uh and now Terry just comes in and, and makes it look easy. So, uh it, you know, here's here's another storyline during the broadcast that I thought was interesting was like the insinuation that Carson Wentz is going to get this job back, like because they, they asked they asked Taylor <laughs> Heineke at the end of the game like. You know, if this is your last start for the season, how's it feeling? Like why why the hell would that be his last start? Yeah, like-
2: <laughs> Don't ask that in that spot. I gotta admit, I entered the game thinking if Heineke plays like he did last week, or real Honestly, if you watch these commanders' games, Heineke has not played well. Every he game hasn't every game he gives the opponent three or four chances and I do buy into there's something about the fourth quarters and they've found a way to win these crazy games and it's been luck sometimes and sometimes it's been good plays by him or just giving these guys a chance. And I and I thought they're going to have to win this game if Carson Wentz is healthy uh, for him to start next week. Uh, but they did win this game, so there's no question. And I don't know if Wentz is going to be ready anyway. Heineke played well, though, I would say. This was as, yeah. as well as he's played all year and would be right there with the best games that he played all of last year too. It, to me, it's this in the playoff game that he played as, as his best two games. Cause for the most part, he made good decisions. He, he skied a couple throws. He does that every week. And if there's a safety back there, then it ends up being an interception. Uh, he, he, through that pop-up that ended up being intercepted where he, he thought his arm was better than it was, and that seems to happen every week. But that was really the one really bad decision. For the most part, he made three or four nice throws to the outside. He got the ball out quick. He kind of, you know, went where the defense was telling him to go, and it was like a, that was a good version of Heineke, and it got them to a point where if they could run the ball in the fourth quarter that they would have won a little more easily.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think this was his best game of the season, which is – uh Interesting given the opponent because the, this the Eagles defense they've been kind of smothering everyone uh that they've played this year uh and I, I look I, I mean coming off of that game <laughs> I, I would be hard pressed to bench him just because no
2: way they're benching him you kidding me
1: right and it's it's, it, it, it's it, you have to factor in like what the other option is too it's not like Carson Wentz was killing it before uh before he before he got hurt and to me you know Robert Vera seems like one of those guys where he's gonna go well we're what like four and zero oh, or three and one with, with Taylor Heineke four and one something like that so we might as well just keep, just keep riding hot hand and oh uh, he's a vibe hey, he's hey, a vibes coach hey, vibes <laughs> coach for sure and hey look Taylor's doing this to his credit just find Terry find seventeen just give him a chance to go find the ball um and that seems to be working for them but you know I I thought that it was impressive that. The impressive part to me was that they just kind of just kept going with the run and were really able to run as many plays as they were. I think one time in the fourth quarter they had run like 24 plays, the Eagles five plays. Uh and anytime you can just kind of sit on the ball like that and 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 keep an offense if that's good off the field. I know that, you know, we we've kind of learned a little bit more about the true value of time of possession, but you know, when it, when it's that stark, I think it, it's something that really matters and It it gave them a cushion going into the fourth quarter, at least. And I think that that and a little help from the officials was just just enough to help them uh, keep the Eagles away. Right.
2: The theory is that you wear them down and then by the end of the game, you'll really be rolling. That did not play out. They had 81 plays uh, to the Eagles, 47. But the fourth quarter is when the Eagles bowed up and and, and stopped them. Uh, But it was kind of uh, before we get to the most improved players, we're going to hit it soon. And Tory McLaurin, I wouldn't put him on there because he's been so great throughout his career. Where I'm sitting in the Chris Wessling podcast studio, and even as a rookie, Chris, uh, my friend and, and co-host, former co-host, said, "Oh, this guy's going to be special." And you can see the next level trades. I'm with you. I think if he was like on the Vikings, for instance, or on a team that had a legitimate pass uh, passing attack and, and quarterback, we would we wouldn't put him in Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs's class quite yet. But I I think he's a lot closer than then people realize like that he's in that... I think now it, you would have to make the list because there's so many good receivers, but he's getting close to that top 10 range, um, and maybe he would be right there, but one last thing on this game would be that when you mentioned the yards per carry, that really struck a note because in the first drive even when they went all the way down the field, this was the ultimate like Ron Rivera and defensive-minded coach's vision of a game. Like, well, if we just get... Three yards on first down and four yards on the second down, and then we have third and short. Then we, you know, then it's third and manageable, and we we can right. keep it going. That right. was the whole game. It was like Brian Robinson three yards, Gibson four yards, and then on third down they would get their four yards again, and it just kept happening over and over like that. <laughs> Robinson and Gibson ran for a combined forty attempts. You want to know how many? What their long run was, Charles? Tell me. Eleven. And they only had one more than seven. They had 49 rushes, only one more than seven. But everything was three and four and three and four. And they just kept hitting it. And that's like, to me, that's like Ron Rivera's dream. Because I'm with you. Time of possession is totally overrated. Uh, And sometimes when teams try to shorten the game, it just like shortens how quickly they lose when they try to do Mm -hmm. that against the Chiefs. But when you're significantly worse than the other team, in this case, they are it's not a bad idea to to shorten the, if you can really pull it off like this, like less possessions means more randomness and, and basically a shorter game and that, and worse teams can win a shorter game.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was just kind of surprised that, or I guess what one of the surprises for me, this, this season really is how bad Philadelphia has been against the run. Like if you're, if you're game planning for that defense, like that has to be a core part of what you're going to do because uh, passing the ball hasn't been all that successful against them. I mean, Terry McLaurin. I mean, it's not like Washington's passing really did anything outside of Terry McLaurin. Uh, I, their leading receiver was Curtis Samuel, who had two catches for 28 yards. Uh, but for whatever reason, they 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 can't stop the run, which is interesting because you know I know Fletcher Cox is a little over the hill now, but they still have uh, Javon Hargrave and guys like Milton Williams are pretty solid players too. Graham's but they just, good against
2: the run, you know. Right, they, they right. should be.
1: But but when they get down to like I I think to me like one of the most stark areas where they really stink is like some of these C gap runs like where they're trying to just either just like go off tackle there because their linebackers are so bad at filling the run oh, no. like they're so bad. Is this Kaiser uh,
2: White slander? I've been in an.
1: I mean, look, look, I don't even feel right slandering him because I don't even think he's playing the right position right now.
2: So yeah, he's more of a. Def, you know, Past defender,
1: yeah, yeah more of a, one of those like overhang strong safeties that can like masquerade as a linebacker every mm. once in a while. But when he's playing linebacker every step, it looks really, really bad. So uh, I, I, I kind of wonder with the Eagles, like, what's the deal with the Dean? Is he is it just not? Because I, I, I feel like if, if you, if you, if you look at the state of their linebackers, and then just you, you pick Nakobe Dean, why not see what
2: can happen? But I don't know what happened there for them. Right. that is They clearly have a fatal flaw, and we'll see if it's actually fatal. And the Eagles would tell you, well, if you're going to have a flaw, let it be run defense. That's sort of how they've set up their personnel. It's how they've set up their scheme. or Maybe not their personnel, because you're right. They have a lot of good defensive linemen. They should be better at it. Nakobe Dean uh, has played four defensive snaps this season. Uh, I did not see him on the field tonight. Uh, It is crazy. Maybe he's still coming off of that injury. I know he's healthy enough to play. Uh, But they need help there. And it's interesting looking at the Eagles' upcoming schedule. This loss kind of keeps the Cowboys in the division race. I mean, if they won this game, they would have been three games up, which doesn't sound insane. But when you only have eight left to play... And, right. and you have some easy games on your schedule. Like, that's a lot of games to be up. Now it's only two, and the Cowboys get them again. And the Giants are only one game back. You know, the team you used to cover. Uh, and here's who's coming up on their schedule. Some Jonathan Taylor, I, I mean, I don't think they'll have problems with the Colts, but Taylor looked uh, a little revived last week. Then you got the Packers, good run game. Titans, Good run game. You're going to have the Cowboys a couple weeks after that. You got the Giants two different times. Um, so they will be tested. And the Bears. They Bears. Got, and the Bears. Good call. <laughs> so those are a lot of good running teams. They're they're kind of like in the crosshairs here. That's That's the trend of 2022 NFL. It's all about the run. It's really not wow, all about that- the run, but it's part of it.
1: Yeah, and honestly, you can even, if Alvin Kamara is healthy, they even have a game against no, the that, Saints. No, that team's
2: giving up, that team. Uh, <laughs> I
1: man, that. I think by Jan-
2: they play week 17. By that team, I don't know, Joe Vitt might be you know, coaching the Saints uh, for the for that week, and Kamara will be on vacation or something. I don't know what's up with that team. Let's get quickly to the most improved uh, team. So, so shout out to the Commanders. You're going to be in the wild card race for a little while, and the Eagles st- take a step back. Not worried though, most improved players, all right. I had a just like a a list. I, I usually do a list here, and I'm not gonna put you on the spot, Charles. I'm gonna throw out six players here as as my most improved list here, and I'm not gonna put them in order this week. I don't feel like it. and no, uh, you can show. you can just tell me what you think and uh, who you if I'm missing anyone or what order you would have them on. Christian Darasaw is uh, on the list for me. Left tackle for the Vikings. People thought he might be uh, a problem for them. And he's ended up being a, a great left tackle. It's really interesting to see these second year left tackles uh, improve. It just happens over and over I, on your team you used to cover. I don't know. You, you're you not a Giants fan, but do you kind of have a soft spot for him at this point?
1: Uh, no, I used to cover the Giants and the Jets and just don't really have a soft
2: spot. No, me. but you live in Brooklyn. No, yes, it's got nothing so, so you're me just mean, like bro. annoyed by them then, and their no, fans. Not a, they're just they just exist. Like, I'm okay. a Falcons fan, I got my own problems, bro. Yeah, you got a lot of problems. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think who would be the most improved on the Falcons, but it, I,
1: got, I got Manson for the Falcons. Okay, let's hear it. Caleb, Caleb McGarry, oh, yeah,
2: I was yeah. looking at the tackle list and I thought of that. I thought, like that's a little too deep for me. Can I really speak intelligently about Caleb McGarry? Not really, but I've heard he's played well. And <laughs> when I've watched him, like, they hold up. And he, he's good in the running game. He's he's nasty.
1: Yeah, he used to be really bad, and now he's pretty good. So
2: All right. So uh, I don't know if he's making the official list, but uh, I'll throw out Dexter Lawrence on the Giants. Has always That's been good, good um, but he's taken another step. Derek Brown of the Panthers I've mentioned on this show is a guy who just Hadn't done a lot as a top 10 pick over the, his first three years, and he is going to get paid. Uh, Greg Rousseau of the Bills, quiet rookie year where he did not play much and has popped. I know he's hurt right now. Uh, I, I'm not putting Gino on this list because he, he never actually played. I'm with Gino. I, I believe that he's been this good the whole time. And he just never had a chance. Uh, so, I, But I will put Tua. Do you think Tua d- deserves this list? Or does, did he just need the chance?
1: Um. Yeah, I I I, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of areas where Tua has improved. Uh, to me, I, I I think the most exciting part about the Dolphins' offense is how damn good Mike McDaniel is. Like, yeah, it, I, he might be the best play caller in the league. Like, if there's any one of those guys that was like the actual boy genius of the Shanahan squ- squad, squad, it seems like Mike McDaniel really has got something to figure out. But that Tua was definitely improved. Where he You said you're... what
2: parts of his game? What parts of his game have improved?
1: Oh, I. Uh, I think just like the consistency on the deep balls, I think he's picking it and finding his spots better. Like, and I will say that Tyreek Kill and Jalen Waddle definitely give you a room for error on this, but uh, he he's he's been able to find out like a, a a timing pattern that works for his arm strength, where he's still able to pin passes on the sideline, like right uh, when he needs to, or is, mm. or if he's able to. Uh, even just give guys a chance to get them open downfield. Like sometimes I feel like Toa, he'll throw the ball earlier when he's throwing the deep balls fast. Throwing right. the deep balls to like Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle because he knows like, well, I I can't I don't really have the the arm strength to afford to wait here, so I'm gonna let go of this faster. And what people don't really get about arm strength, it's not because it, I'll see people. Oh, well, he threw the ball 50 yards downfield. Well, yeah, like every NFL quarterback can do that. It's about how long it takes the ball to get there.
2: Right, it was like the Heineke uh, throw tonight. Uh, Tua would have thrown that a half second quicker, and it wouldn't have been as big of a air balloon. But he would have thrown it quicker to give his receiver a better chance. You're right, his timing on out routes, too. I, I know most of it's over the middle of the field and everything, but his timing is excellent. He, he has gotten better. You're right, McDaniel is that dude. That's why Kyle Shanahan tried to stop him from leaving him for all those years and tried to like hide him.
1: Yeah. I I think from your list though, I would probably go with, with Derek Brown. Okay. As, as number one, just as someone like who has improved their, not only their, their, their play this year, but like you said, like the career outlook kind of has shifted for him. Oh yeah. He's going to get paid. Yeah. He's finally playing like that guy that, that they drafted him to be. Uh, I was. I was. I wasn't like the biggest Derek Brown fan coming out of the draft, just because I was. I was like, you know, I I preferred the guys who are going to be able to be three like one gap uh, penetrators, three technique types. But you know, he, he he's starting to figure that out uh, to his game too. Like he's gotten really explosive, and really strong. Uh, and I, I think you know it, it, it was interesting because when the Panthers were going through their their trade deadline stuff uh and it was coming out where the reports were like Derek brown was one of their untouchables you know i was talking to people and they were like really Derek brown i was like right go go watch him play this just season this year <laughs> though it, it, it was <laughs> tough... it's just this year yep. but i understand the thought process if you just watch him play this year like he looks fantastic
2: yeah he is that dude and there's not many of those dudes and there used to be kind of a cliche that those types of guys develop slower. I i don't know if that's even true, but like the Ted Washington types, which you don't even see in the NFL, but he's the equivalent of a Ted Washington type who's just Big dude. And yeah, I'm not usually into those guys uh, before the draft, but let's give him his flowers. Sure, we'll put him at number one. I guess McGarry snuck on the list now that I counted it as number six. Christian Kirk was another guy I would throw out there just because I, I didn't think Christian Kirk had everything that he's had in his game this year. He's shown to be like a nice slot that can get vertical. Uh, you could do it all too, Charles. You stayed up late. I appreciate it. I, I hope did. like no one is, you know, waking. You're in Brooklyn, so I'm guessing do you share walls with other uh, apartment dwellers like are you waking them oh, up no, right I'm, now i'm actually on
1: the first floor all oh, by look myself at you you, you yeah. know i
2: never got to that point uh when i was in new york for for 10 years and uh if i was screaming on a podcast late at night there like people were annoyed at me so hopefully no one's uh, i got I, I definitely
1: got lucky with my living situation i'll say that for sure
2: that's nice Char- charles does a really great job He he's at yahoo uh he's a great follow on twitter check him out there uh, appreciate having you on. Uh, and we'll do it again. And thanks. You, you gave us good luck here, Charles. We got a fun game. That's right. All right, for Charles. Uh, I'm Greg. We will be back on Tuesday. Do we have a special guest? Oh, yes, we do. We have Mark Sanchez joining the uh, show. It's not confirmed. It's not confirmed, but we'll try to get him on the show. <laughs> Let's show up, Mark Sanchez. Come on, we need you. Eat the call.